Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Richard DeYoung, who is the CEO of Aqua Systems of Houston. And what's also fun to know is that he's actually been an entrepreneur since 18 years old. So welcome to the show, Richard. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah. And as you may recall, we got connected because a local coffee shop told me you were the best at what you did and you were honest. And I was looking for a whole house water treatment system. So I called you and I was immediately impressed. Your crew was amazing. So I was a referral. And one of the things that is a best practice of yours might sound odd to others is that you do not pay for referrals in a world where just about everybody's trying to get you to get a good review and everybody's trying to buy referral comments online. So I'm, of course, curious what got you to the point that you were able to succeed without paying any referral fee. Good point. A lot of information there. I guess before we go on with that, I want to just back up a little bit. It's hard to hear me defined as an entrepreneur. I, I'm just, I was an 18 year old kid, was just stubborn and I just kept on swinging the bat till I finally connected and I just wouldn't give up. So just a lot of hard work and trying to do things right. It's finally got us to where we're at. So entrepreneur, yeah. I think a lot of times too much of a compliment to have a title, but any either event. Well, I was going to say, I see you as being the example of the American dream where your limitations yourself, so to speak. But to your point, some people just think, oh, you know, you've always been successful. But I know, I know you've had some struggles. The American dream is it's the American nightmare sometimes. Because a lot of downtimes where things are really tough. Real quick story that my 21-year-old son has told me in the past years. Well, dad, you're like, you're like a one in a million or one in a billion. He goes, things just work for you. I said, son, and I've kept this. I got a little binder portfolio of all of my business cards of different things that I've done since I was 18. I call it my book of failures. And I said, <laughs> son, look at this. Every one of these business cards, and there's probably, I don't know, 25, 30 different cards of different things from painting, race car painting, insurance, real estate, whatever. These are all my failures. Hmm. It's taken me this this long, this many years to finally get and find what I'm really good at and I've got passion for. So anyway, hmm. to elaborate on that American dream, yeah. a lot of nightmares in between, but we, we finally connected and made things work. No, back on track, you were talking about referrals. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't like paying for referrals and I don't do it. I, when I've done it before, it's bit me in the tail. I don't like it. It's, it's always bothered me. I don't want somebody to refer us because they're getting something. And I feel there's too many people out there that do it like that. I don't want to be part of it. Hmm. Our customers know that we've got the best product. They know what kind of customer service we provide. I want a true unadulterated referral. When people ask them, about water and water treatment, this is the company you need to go to. They're the best. They're awesome. They're great. And they're not getting anything to do or say that. That's a true referral. Yes. I get people ask us, I mean, every week people ask, well, I'm referring somebody. Do I get any classes? No, we don't pay referrals. Oh, okay. I was just asking. I mean, they don't have a problem with it. So I just think just, it's just a cleaner way of doing business. Well, and the proof is in the pudding, right? Because you have a backlog of referrals and you continue to succeed during times when so many leaders are not succeeding. Oh, yeah. We're well over half of our business is all based upon referrals, for sure. Wow. Okay. Well, I have to, of course, ask about a lot of leaders struggle in leading 
leading people and you've got quite a crew now. So were you always gifted as a leader or what did you learn as far as that goes? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, gifted or just plain stubborn by myself. Of course, when you start something, normally you're the only one doing it at first. And then I guess difficulty I had to get through or get past was not doing everything, allowing somebody else to do some of the things that I was doing for the company. So it took a while to start delegating. And to this day, I'm still not comfortable with it. Everyone that works for me, we've got 11 employees now, they all joke and smile and laugh about it. If I'm anywhere around them when they're doing what they're doing, I have a tendency to jump in and take over. I, it's just my personality. Kind of, they start, okay, bosses here, here you go. And they just <laughs> sort of roll their eyes and let me jump in and start doing what their job is. That's a long way of putting it, I guess. But learning to back off and not do everything. Let other people do what they can do as good, if not maybe better than I can do it. Yes. So what was the turning point where you finally realized I have to delegate? It's not a choice to continue the way I'm doing it. There was a very close friend of mine, actually the vice president of partnership development, the manufacturer we partnered with, became a very close friend. And he told me about a story about his father and a book. And he sent me his book. Anyway, it was too many people out there. The businesses are running them and they're not running the business. And he, as a friend said, Richard, you're putting in a lot of hours. He goes, you need to start getting other people to do this stuff for you. And it made sense. I want to run a business. And the business was running me. I was putting seven days in a week, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, if not longer than that sometimes. And it just, I wasn't enjoying it. It was just, it was too hard. Mm -hmm. So starting to ease off and get other people to do things, the challenge with that then is you look at the money you're paying to do that, go, man, that could be my money. Mm -hmm. That could go into my pocket, not theirs. But where we're at now with the payroll and employees versus where I was at before, I'm making far more money now than I used to. Mm -hmm. My payroll's huge compared to what it used to. And mm -hmm. I do it a whole lot less than I used to. So I couldn't do it by myself anymore. I had to let other people do things for me. Yes. Then you have to learn how to hire the right people and how to retain them. And one of the things I know about your team is that you are apparently very generous if someone is still in the process of learning things. You don't immediately fire people if they make a mistake. Yeah, it's that's tough. And the only people we ever fired are people that have uh, done us wrong. I've never fired anybody for making a mistake or anything like that. But first, you got to make sure you're finding people that have some experience in the business. When it comes to working with someone, they got to have a long enough time where they're working with someone else, knows what's going on. They're being trained for them for, you know, six months, sometimes even up to a year. I guess mm. what you call it an apprenticeship type deal or whatever like that. I can see another best practice that you have that you do naturally, which is training. Very few companies train their people anymore. I have these people, new people, train with people that have been with you longer that know what's going on between me and them they're going to learn and listen we still learn i still learn stuff now and then too so it's you know they're never yeah. going to know everything and you've got to understand and accept that anybody you hire even if they've been here for five six years yes. they're not going to know everything so it, it, we just encourage them listen if you don't know this you'll love this if you're out in the field, you don't know what to do. There are two questions to ask. What's going to keep a smile on a customer's face? What's going to keep a smile on my face? That's going to be the answer. If you ever get stuck, pick up the phone, call me. We'll figure it out. Beautiful. Uh, anyway. Just yeah. Well, Richard, as we start to wrap up the show, you know, there's a lot of leaders who are going through crises and having still a hard time. Did you ever have an aha moment where you were in a crisis? I happened to see a video where you were at one point concerned about having to flip burgers. Can you say something about that? Yeah, this is back in 2008, 2009. I don't remember the economic times, what was going on, but I know things were getting really slow for us and a lot of other businesses and industries as well. Um, it was dark, hard times for us. And I had to, at that point, really sit back and try to figure out what's my next move? What am I going to do? I can't keep doing what I'm doing now with the way things are. 
And in that moment, I guess coming to realization where, you know, for so many years, I'm competing against other companies and systems and so forth doing what we do. And you start believing this is going to sound pretty crude, your own con. I feel like this whole country is it's just a big con trying to get consumers to buy our products or service. Mm -hmm. It's it's your story. It's it's what you're telling somebody for them to believe you to buy your product or service. And you know, as an employer, do you really have what's best? And looking back at it, I told people I did, but I knew the truth and I knew we were charging, well, everyone's charging more than we should until now. I guess it was a hard look. I chose to go to a different product. It was better than I had and I knew it. Mm -hmm. I started charging half the price of what I was charging. I got rid of all commissioned salespeople and everything we did, this is most importantly, everything we did, and I tell everybody who comes working for us as well, you're not trying to sell anything. Whatever we need to do to get the customer systems fixed or back on their feet, whether it's fixing it or replacing it, we do what's best for them every single time. Well, back then, 2009 was best for the customer. It was I had to go to another product. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard, but it's also probably the best time to make or stand back, take a close look. Am I really doing what's best for whatever it is that you're doing? Do I have the best product? Do I have the best service? You're at the bottom. Now is the time to make a big drastic move. Mm. When you're up and busy and making money, everything's flowing. Who's going to change? You're not going to. So if you're at the bottom now, take a good hard look at where you're at. Do you know if there's a better product out there? Do you know if you're asking a fair price or are you actually asking more than you should? Just imagine this. If you've got the best product, you've got the best industry warranty and your prices are at the lowest end of the pricing spectrum, you're a rock star and it sucks to be anybody else but you. You now sent the benchmark and you are the competition for all of your competitors out there right now. That's who we are in our water business. Yeah. I also happen to know you don't negotiate on price. So we get people that tell us this all the time. They want to know, well, if I pay this, I do this. Well, I'm going to give you a lot of referrals. That's great. We appreciate it. And we tell them this too, that we understand why you're asking and you should with anybody else in our business because they all overpriced up front, but they're all willing to negotiate. So you should ask us as well if we are, but we're not. And once you get all your negotiating done with all of them, see where we credibly came in to begin with up front. We're still lower than they ended up with after your negotiation. Mm. Uh, ask a fair price. Don't get greedy. Don't negotiate. That's the only ethical way to do business. Everyone pays the same price. Not hard to think about that. Not hard yes. to agree with. That. I will put in the description your website and your phone number. And I certainly appreciate you being willing to be so open, especially about your lessons learned. You also shared some great tips. So I appreciate your contribution today. And my pleasure. I appreciate that. Appreciate you. And hopefully we've been able to positively help somebody impact somebody out there. That would be great. Uh, we love to help people. Thank you.